Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church. I'm Colby. I'm so glad you're with us today. Um, You know, I would love to meet up with you uh, one-on-one, face-to-face, socially distanced in a coffee shop. Um, So if you would love to connect with us, be a part of our movement, be a part of Live Free Church, um, get connected into community groups. Um, If you would love just to to meet some of our leadership, just DM us. Uh, DM us on our Facebook page or Instagram account. Um, You can email me, colby at livefree.church. Um, and I would just love to get to know you. I, I'm passionate about Kelowna. I love this city. Um, I grew up here on 816 Leon Avenue, right downtown Kelowna. And for most of my summers in Kelowna, my childhood, I remember my mom reading a book at Gyro Beach while I swam in the lake. I remember playing soccer at, at Parkinson Rec Center. Like, I remember biking down to City Park. I remember the first time when the skate park was built down at City Park, the little tiny skate park when I took my son and my daughter and my, my daughters to the skate park this past week. Like, these are the moments where I love this city. I love Kelowna. But part of my story is that in Kelowna, I never actually ever heard about, about the gospel. I never heard about Jesus Christ. I never heard that, that as a broken and sinful person, which I knew. But actually, like, Jesus came to free me, to, to free me from sin from Satan and death, to give me new life found only in him. And I never heard that story here. Remember, I, I never actually really knew that churches even existed in Kelowna. Like I knew they were kind of around Kelowna, but I actually didn't know why they were where they were or what they were for, or what they were against. I actually knew nothing about these churches. And so we at Live Free Church, we want to start a church in Kelowna that's passionate about people who are tired of religion, tired of moralism, tired of all the rules of faith. And we want to plant a church, start a church where, where people can know that God loves them, that he saved them, and he frees them. And because of that, we actually to be the, the truest version of ourselves, ourselves that are found only in Jesus. So I really passionately want to be a church that makes Jesus known in Kelowna. Because I feel like Kelowna needs the gospel like never before. I remember when, when my wife and I, we talked about moving to Kelowna and just this idea of like people asking, well, why would you move to Kelowna? So we moved here from Salmon Arm about a year ago. If you know where Salmon Arm is, it's about uh, an hour and a half north of Kelowna. Um, it just passed Vernon and, and Armstrong, Enderby, and there's Salmon Arm. It's this beautiful little spot um, on the Shushwap Lake. Um, Albertans know it really well. But remember we talked about moving to Kelowna because I was so passionate about coming to Kelowna to reach people who are unreached. And people said things like, it's so busy there. It's so expensive to live there. There's so, much, there's so many homeless people there. Like, that's what people said to us. There's so much crime. Like, I remember when we first looked at the house that we're in now in Rutland, and uh, I, to be honest, didn't want to move to Rutland. I remember thinking about the house that we looked at, and I'm, this beautiful house um, in Rutland where we live at, and my wife was like, I think this could be the house. And I'm like, I'm not moving here. I am not living in Rutland. Like, Rutland was the first place where I ever got beat up. Like, I remember that guy, the, the BMX track, where I'd see the Y, you know, he's like, hey, come over here, Colby. Come over here, little kid. And then he's like, look at my pocket, and his sucker punched me in the face. Right? Like, for me, that was what I associated Rutland with, this kind of like this 
this crime-infested city of Kelowna, part of Kelowna. But people have this idea of what Kelowna's like. You know, whether you're from Vernon or West Kelowna or Lake Country, people have ideas of what the city's like. I think we actually live in a spot where Kelowna's very polarized. You know, it's, it's such a beautiful city. People come here from all over Canada, all over North America to Holiday in this beautiful, incredible spot. Yet there's such like a, a diversity of, of the upper class to the lower class, to people who are in poverty, people who are homeless. You see, there, we live in a city that's so polarized. We look at this letter by, by Peter, and he's writing to people essentially in modern-day Turkey in about 64 AD. And Peter was an actual eyewitness to Jesus. He actually saw Jesus with his own eyes. He actually was a follower, a disciple of Jesus. If you actually want to read about Peter, just go back to the Gospels and read about Peter's accounts. He was kind of like in the inner three, the inner core of Jesus' disciples. And what he's talking about here is, is how do we, how, does, how do Christians, how do people live in a city, citizens of a city? But actually, if you're a Christian, you're not a citizen of this nation, of this earth. You're actually a citizen of, under Jesus. You're in his kingdom now, not in, in this kingdom. You're actually in his, his heavenly kingdom. And actually, there's implications to your life every day. You see, I think the question for us is, is how should we live in this beautiful city called Kelowna? I love this city. How could we live in this? Should we be activists? Should we protest? Like, how do we respond to civil government? And these are the, the questions that Peter here is answering in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. And let's read it here. And, and really, it's, I want to talk about this whole idea of, of how do we see the city? How is God's heart for Kelowna, the city? And how can we redeem the city, Kelowna? So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, it says here, Submit to every human authority because of the Lord whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and praise those what is, to do what is good. See, what is he saying here? Submit yourselves. And what, what that really is in, the, in this Greek language, actually, is saying here it's a military expression meaning to arrange formation under commander, to arrange yourselves under someone, a commander. And really what it's saying here is submit to every human authority because of the Lord. And another translation says here, for the Lord's sake. So what he's trying to say here is that you actually submit yourself initially under the Lord. That your posture is under God's authority. And out of that, you serve the city. But I think it's really important when you think about the way Peter here is talking about the city, it can be really kind of tricky. This passage can be really implicated for a society or really kind of messed up. Because we're not really talking about just submitting to, to our mayor or to civil authorities. It's actually talking about how do we view the city. And I'm going to kind of try to work today at, at expounding or explaining how do we view the city, but how is God's heart for the city, and how do we redeem it? And it kind of comes back to verse 11 in 1 Peter chapter 2. And it says here, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against your soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when, you sland, when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. What it's trying to say here is that, you know, if you are following Jesus, if you're actually following him in his kingdom, you're strangers. You're exiles. 
You're foreigners. Like, this isn't your country. This isn't your land. Even though you might be Canadian, right? You're under God's authority. You say that you're a stranger in exile. And I think what happens for us is that there's major implications of how we live that out. How do we live out as a stranger in exile in, in Kelowna, in British Columbia, in Canada, in North America, in this world? How do we, how do we live as strangers? I think there's some, there's some ideals that we have about the city, about culture. And I've seen Christians specifically interact with culture in such a crazy way. And um, I'm doing this church planning course with um, Tim Keller in New York City, and it's like online modules. And we came across this, this way of looking at culture from Richard Niebuhr's classic book, Christ and Culture. And I'm just going to go through um, a, a few of these models, these ideas of how do, how do Christians interact with culture. I think it's really critical that we actually would understand how do we interact with culture. Because it really does matter how we view the culture we live in. Because it builds your framework on how do you actually even interact with people who are your neighbors or your kids in school or how do you interact um, with your mayor or how do you act, interact with a premier? Like how do you interact with people who have been voted in, people who are above us in authority, police officers? How do we interact? And there's these five kind of approaches here. One's um, Christ against culture, Christ of culture, Christ above culture, Christ in culture is separate Christ-transforming culture. I'm just going to quickly kind of go through these, and I'm going to kind of land on one that I think um, Live Free Church is really all about. And the first one is Christ against culture. You know, it's, this is like a withdrawal model. Like, you actually withdraw from the, the culture, remove yourself from the culture into the community of the church because you really deeply believe that, the, that Christ is 100% against this culture. I think this is so common. I think you, you can tell you actually believe this when you say things like us and them. You know, when you compartmentalize, like, they're Christian, non-Christian. Like, I remember when I became a Christian in grade, in grade 10, 16 years old, and I loved rap music. Like, my first CD I ever purchased at a Sound downtown Kelowna was uh, NOS, right? Like, that was my first CD I ever bought. And I remember I became a Christian, and my, my youth pastor said, you got to throw all that junk out. Like what he's trying to say here is that Christ is against the culture. That you have to actually buy in to the Christian culture, the subculture. You see, a lot of times it's, like, it's us in them, in this approach. This idea of Christ being completely against culture. Another one is Christ of culture. It's an accommodationist, accommodationist model that recognizes God at work in the culture and tries ways to affirm it. So what it's looking for in the culture is saying that, oh, here's where I think God's working. Here's the way I think God's like redeeming the culture and we're going to actually just build on that. Christ above culture, a model that advocates supplementing and building on good things in the culture with Christ. So you find a moral thing that you think Christ is for, you build on top of that. That's this approach. Christ and culture is separate. It's like a, a dualistic model that believes that cult, culture and Christians are kind of different realms. There's like a sacred and then there's a secular. That's what this, this model is talking about. I see this all the time. Last week I was in meetings um, all day with students who are going to this, going to a program like what David's in um, or Levi's coming into, and it's called Immerse, and it's a, it's a four-year uh, master's program that our church is a part of. 
And um, someone was talking about their career, and they said this thing, which kind of made me realize about this, this dualistic approach, the sacred versus secular. And this guy said here, he said, you know what? I'm a carpenter, and I'm building just mansions, and I'm just wasting my life. But I can't wait one day to be in ministry, to be in church, to be a pastor, and then my life will have purpose and significance and meaning. Like, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Like, like, once you're in a church serving, then you'll be significant. Then, you're, then you'll be, you'll have an identity and it'll be formed by God. No, actually, building homes for people, what a great gift it is. You get to tend to creation. You actually get to tend to people. You get to show Christ's love by building something that's so useful. I think his, his approach was that there's the, the secular which is everything outside the church, and then there's the sacred. And, and he, what he's trying to say is, I want to be a part of just the sacred. Because I feel like the secular means nothing. There's no purpose. The way I bag groceries at Save-On doesn't matter. It matters immensely how you bag groceries at Save-On if you're doing it for God. Right? If you're doing, the, if you're doing it the best you can. Right? Like, I've seen people, door greeters at Walmart, who are terrible at that, but I've seen people who are amazing at that. And I'm like, man, like what a great gift it'd be if Christians were just, wherever they were, in Kelowna, whether you are pouring concrete, whether you're like at Costco, whether you're doing electrical work, wherever you are, you're doing the best of your ability to glorify God and to show him and make him known in the city. The last part, last one, which this is where, where I want us to kind of land is Christ-transforming culture. It's a conversion model that seeks to transform every part of the culture with Christ. But the first thing that needs to change is you. You see, I think so often, if, if you've been raised in the church in Kelowna, I'm going to speak to you for a second here. Usually you have two models. One is Christ-against culture, and one is sacred and secular separate. Like the, I think that's the kind of the two tension points in Kelowna. Right? We say, like, oh man, like, our culture is so bad. The things that our kids are learning in school, I can't believe this. Like, why would they teach our kids? I'm pulling my kids out of school and homeschooling them. Like, you think about that. Like, we are, sure, at war, right, with our own sin. Just like in verse 11 talked about. But it's how we view the culture. And that's what Peter's trying to say here is when you submit to civil authorities, how do you view the culture you live in? How do you view the people you're interacting with every day? Is it that you believe that your God is against them? Or that your God wants to transform Kelowna through you and I, through the church? You see, I think we need a framework on why we should be for Kelowna. Why should we be for a city? But if you're just believing that Christ is against culture, you're always going to be up against Kelowna culture. Like the only thing I ever knew as a kid about Christians, the only thing I ever knew was what they're against. That's all I ever knew. Like isn't it time for us to know, for people to know what we're for? Like don't they need some good news that God loves them? Like think about last week that God wants to say to them that they're beloved it's not based on the sum total of your life, but the sum total of Christ's life. That's the good news. You see, I think 
the context of why it matters and why Peter here is talking to people as strangers and exiles, right, as foreigners. I think Peter would have, would have known really well this passage I'm going to talk about, about God's heart for the city. It's Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 7. If you can go there, this is one of the prophets in the Old Testament. He's talking about, to a group of people who were exiled, right? They've been exiled by Babylon, this terrible, awful nation, this pagan nation. And here's the most amazing thing. When you read this, I want you to think about the lens of those other five things, right? Is it Christ against culture? Is it Christ of culture? Is it Christ above culture? Is it Christ and culture separate? Or is it Christ looking to see and transform the culture that the people find themselves in? Here's what it says here in Jeremiah 29, verse 4. It says here, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says to the exiles. I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what he's saying to the people who are exiled. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give, them, give your daughters to men in marriage so they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Pursue the well-being of the city I've departed you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. Like, think about that for a second here. Jeremiah is talking, this prophet is talking to people who've been exiled for their disobedience. And what he's saying here is, don't retreat, don't hide, don't like, just like homeschool your kids way over here and just be fearful of the culture. What he's trying to say here is, actually, no, you don't retreat from the culture, you actually redeem it. You move in. You plant gardens, you eat the, the food from your garden because you're going to be there for a long time. Find yourself a spouse. Have kids. Find those kids spouses. Let them have kids. Find them spouses. What he's trying to say here is you're going to be here for generations, so you better move in. Unpack. Unpack your life with people all around you. Pursue the well-being of the city. It actually means pursue the shalom, the peace of the city. Like, think about it. Pray about it. Your heart breaks for the city. Maybe it means when you drive down Leon Avenue and you see people who are shooting up drugs as you're driving by and your kids are saying, what is this, dad or mom? And you're like, ah, oh, like my heart breaks for the city. Maybe it's a kid in your school, your kid's school that, that doesn't eat enough meals every day and you're like, man, like I need to be broken hearted for the city. See, Jeremiah is not saying here is run, hide, protest, fight, kill, destroy Babylons. He's saying here is transform it. Transform the city by being transformed yourself. By building homes, living in them, being in the culture. Immersing yourself in the culture, multiplying, advancing. Your integrity would be seen all across the city by the way you work, by the way you bag groceries or pour concrete. The way you're a nurse in the emergency or the hospital, like you need to tend the city the best you can because God loves the city. He wants to reach and redeem and restore the city. Like when was the last time that you ever 
for Kelowna, you've actually been like walking around your neighborhood or walking around the city and you felt like, man, I need to pray for the city. See, Jeremiah is saying here is that the way you transform, and the way Peter is talking about this, the way you view the city matters. The way you submit matters. Like, is your life in submission to Christ? But for his sake, you're actually trying to like advance God's work in this city in Kelowna. See, we want to plant churches in Kelowna not to make me famous or to, to make Live Free Church famous. We want to plant churches because I think it's the best way to reach people. It's the best way to restore and redeem a city is by, by planting churches. It doesn't mean that, you know, I love that our church, the fact that we couldn't actually meet in a physical location because, because we'd actually be decentralized. And the church, for us, is still a movement of people not an organization or institution. It's actually people living out their, their mandate, their missional mandate every single day, praying for the city, moving into the city. Like our core team moved from Salmon Arm into Kelowna to integrate itself into the city because we love the city so much. We always still have debates whether or not the Okanagan Lake is better than the Shushwap Lake. Like I believe the Okanagan Lake is one of the best lakes in the world. But we want to plant churches in Kelowna because we want to make Jesus known in our city. We want to make Jesus so known by our people, by people in our community groups, by Joel and Diani, by Levi and Victoria, Dave, Nana. I want people to meet, to meet Jesus for the first time from these people. By the way they love the city by the way they experience the city. Look at this passage. It's talking about submitting to authorities for the Lord's sake, but I think there's a question a lot of people ask is, okay, what is your church going to do to reach the city? Like, what is your church going to do to reach the city of Kelowna? Is it going to be a justice initiative? Is it going to be, like, what is it? And I think about this a lot. A few years ago, I heard this, this really incredible thing that really rocked me um, to my core. And it said, this, this person at this conference was talking about transformation and seeing people's lives transform. He said here is that the, the greatest gift you can give to your, to your marriage, to your kids, to your church, to your city, is your transforming self. When you look at the gospel, and it's Jesus, that he loves you. He died for you. So you can actually live a life that you couldn't live without that. You're a broken, sinful person. He came to set you free from sin, but also from yourself. See, when you realize the depth of the gospel, that you don't deserve it, but you receive it, there's nothing you can earn about the earn from the you can't earn the gospel. Like we can't earn it as a church. It's just been freely given to us. And when you experience that, it actually changes, transforms you from the inside out. Think about our core team. The reason why we want to be in community, we call our group community groups, not Bible studies or discipleship groups, is because we believe, I believe that Kelowna is so lonely and so alone that people are looking for authentic and human connection like never before. If we could actually give people real authentic connections with no BS, that they'd actually encounter Christians who are real and they'd actually be known for what they're for and what they're against. 
You see, we love this city and we want to serve this city. I was talking to this person just recently talking about how she is a barista at Starbucks and how she loves being a barista. How she loves serving people every day at Starbucks. And I'm like, man, like that's what our church should be for. Like our church should be known, be known for how we love, but how's, how we serve. And how we serve our neighbors. How we serve a cup of coffee. How we tend to people in the emergency. Or how do we, how do we love people we're, we're bumping up against our neighbors every day. People around us. Our coworkers. Not to like hand out little tracks, but to show our transformation every day. That's what Jeremiah was saying, right? Is if you want to advance the gospel in the city, you move in. You move in authentically. You have kids. They have kids. They get married. You know, like, like that's the process of advancing, of transforming a culture. I think the greatest gift that we can give Kelowna is our transforming selves. It's looking at your life and realizing that the greatest gift I can give to my family is, is me being transformed every day by Jesus. It makes me a better husband. It makes me a better father. It makes me a better pastor. Because God's working every day in my life. We have this statement on our website that's kind of one of our, our statements for what we believe about the city. And that we always want to be known for what we're for in the city of Kelowna. And we believe the city of Kelowna has the potential for human flourishing. Like this city is remarkable. Just walk downtown, you know, drive around it. It is gorgeous. It's beautiful. But also the city has, has a potential for human idolatry. To, to worship anything and everything. But we want to minister to Kelowna by using the gospel to both redeem and restore the culture that we live in. See, when Jesus encounters your idols, the things that you and I hold on to, the things you daydream about, it changes you. But it also changes the people around you because they realize that you're reorientating your life, not to be more moral or, or religious, just changing you to be more and more like Jesus. See, whether you're a church planter or a barista, a student, a retail employee, a plumber, electrician, and you're following Jesus, you should be known for what you're for in Kelowna, not what you're against. But you love the city by serving it, by submitting to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do in this city? How do you want me to serve this city? How do, I want, to, how do you want me to love this city? Like that's our posture, that we believe at Liberty Church that we can actually see transformation happen in this city through its people. See, the way you serve the city is by bringing Jesus to every single area of your life. And that's when it can affect everything. It can affect your coworkers, your neighbors, your kids. Like, like you are maybe the only version of the Bible people will actually read. So I'd love for you to partner with us. We would love for you to actually be for Kelowna because we think there's so much potential in the city. And I actually just want to pray that we would actually see Kelowna not for what we're against, but what we're for. 
But how can we actually submit to Christ on his behalf, but also submit to people in authority and say, God, God, how do you want us to redeem and restore the culture we live in? How can we serve Kelowna? How can we make our neighborhoods better places? How can we actually love people to our left and to our right, our coworkers, people we meet at coffee shops, at restaurants, kids, people in our kids' school, teachers? How can we love people as you have loved us? Let's pray. God, I thank you for how your heart is for this city and how you want to see people transformed by you. That you're not just an angry God trying to to judge the city. That you actually want to redeem and restore the city through Christians, through the church. Father, I pray that we actually would be, be servants of you. That we'd submit to your authority that we'd, our hearts would break for what breaks your heart in Kelowna. God, give us eyes to see the things around us, in our neighborhoods, in our city, in our coworkers' lives, in our kids' school, areas we can serve, areas where we can show your love and, and declare your love because I believe, Jesus, that you want to transform Kelowna because you love this city. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.